insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24. Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to a new story here on ITSP Magazine. This is Sean Martin, and uh, it's always always a treat when I get to have somebody on the show again that's been on. Uh, we can continue the story, and uh, in this case, it's, it's an expansion of the story with, uh, with our friends from KRI Security and, and Cynthia Overby, and uh, we're also welcoming uh, Phil Bucklew as well uh, to the show, and we're going to get uh, a view of the state of the mainframe, what it means to, to have mainframe modernization. That sounds like a fun thing. Um, before we get into all of that and, uh, and, and the, the story uh, that we're going to talk about today, I want to hear from our two guests, Cynthia and Phil. Cynthia, if you can give us a little overview of who you are and uh, how you arrived to this point in, in your journey of your career, that would be great. Thank you. Well, um, I was the president of Key Resources, KRI Security, as most people know us, um, up until... Um, March 1st, when I became a director for customer solutions engineering for Rocket Software. Um, they decided to, uh, to make an offer and we decided to accept that offer. Um, and uh, so we're, we're moving on, um, working within uh, Rocket uh, to build a security practice um, on the mainframe mostly, and uh, working with a bunch of very, very, uh, uh, knowledgeable and competent folks that um, really are excited to, to build a security practice, a robust mainframe security practice, both on the software side and on the services side. So, I love it. Yeah, and I, we, we had two good chats with you and Ray uh, uh -huh. and uh, love what you guys were doing. And great to see that others appreciate the value of, of security in this space of the mainframe. And, and Phil, that leads us to you and what you're doing at Rocket. Um, maybe the similar thing, if you can give, a, give our listeners a, an overview of who Phil is and, and your journey uh, to this point. Great, Sean. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Phil Buckaloo. I lead the infrastructure modernization business unit at Rocket Software. Many of you that have been around the mainframe space probably know Rocket. We've been around for around uh, 30 years, uh, have done a lot of different things in the mainframe space. Um, prior to this role, I worked for a couple decades in IBM, so I've always been in and around the mainframe environment, uh, but now working much more closely in it. Uh, really thrilled to be here with you guys today. Really excited about uh, what we're doing with Cynthia and the team from uh, KRI. We're, we're, we're more than thrilled to have them join Rocket Software, and we see tons of opportunity uh, in the market these days. I love it. And a, a little well-known fact, uh, I, I cut my teeth in, uh, in software and hardware on, 
AS400 and, and J.D. Edwards stuff way back in the day. And and uh, funny enough, I was still connected to security then. So uh, it's been, been a fun journey. But so I'm going to say that's roughly 30 years for me as well, uh, Phil. So same for you. Um, we have a unique view of, of where things have come from and where they've gone to this point. Can you give us kind of an overview of, of the, the state of play, if you will, uh, history of the of the market of the mainframe and set the stage? Well, I think, sure. I think, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give my perspective and then maybe we should get Cynthia as well. She's been around this space for a long time, too. Um, this is a really strong market. It's a market that's had incredible staying power, much more so than really any other part of the IT technology landscape. Really, because of the work that the mainframes do, um, how they have been successful, kind of despite so many different transformations, they still get the job done. And that's something that's so important to all of our clients, the ability to have that reliability, availability, security. Um, that seems to be, from all of the clients that I talk to, would you know to be the kind of core set of reasons why people love it and why they continue to keep investing in their their mainframe environments and cynthia phil said get the job done <laughs> how is it how has that changed uh, and how has the mainframe kind of evolved with that uh you know um one of the things that i always say to individuals that 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 say well the mainframe is going away and i say well you know when you're when you're in your uh, banking app and you're expecting instantaneous information on your account um, and your balance before you make a large purchase um, the only reason that's happening is because those transactions are coming across a mainframe uh, you can't do it in a, in a cloud environment. Well, you probably could, but if you took a look at the stack of servers you would have to have uh, to be able to do something like that, it wouldn't be cost effective. I think people have finally figured out that, you know, the cloud per se, whatever the cloud might be to you, is, is really um, a place for the your web applications, um, your distributed pieces, those, those to reside. But really, the workhorse is the mainframe. And, and with, with AI coming on board where you're going to need huge amounts of MIPS in order to be able to do the validation that people are looking for on your transactions before they actually give you access to them, you're going to have to have mainframes to be able to do that. Uh, from a security perspective, you know, everybody knows it's there. Um, it's secure. It's uh, it has an integrity statement. No other platform has an integrity statement that that IBM stands by. Um, and you know, most people I talk to see CIOs who say, you know, I don't even know what the mainframe does for me. I know it's there. I know it works, uh, <laughs> and I kind of just let it go because I I've got way too many things on the other side of the fence that I have to deal with. And, and that's really the story. It really just to just chug along and, and do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and Phil, the, the chugging along, I'm, and even even with my experience from the past, I I, I still have this perception, and I, I suppose many not working with mainframes might have it as well as this huge monolithic system that can't easily scale or burst or or replicate. Uh, it, it's 
designed to handle certain types of things. What, what are some of the misconceptions? I know my own, maybe that isn't true or others that you might hear as people. Yeah, well, I think some, some people, sure, sure, Sean. I think some people think that the, the platform is dated. And when you look at the platforms these days, they're actually incredibly advanced. If you look at some of the capabilities in the in the AI space, particularly with respect to inferencing and making those fast decisions that Cynthia mentioned, um, IBM came out with the Tellum chip not so long ago, and it could handle like three billion transactions per day with less than a millisecond of latency. I worked for in the public cloud for about five years before this role, and I can tell you that that is is really unmatched. And it's something that is really, really critical to be able to make those decisions in real time. Additionally, you know, the ability to have kind of that full box encryption, that's something that's, that's also unique as well. And so technologically, people may think that the mainframe itself is dated, but it's, it's actually very well advanced. I think the other vector that's a big misconception is that you know, there are benefits of, of doing certain types of workloads on public clouds. Uh -huh. And the, the belief that you have to move your whole transaction processing environment to the cloud to benefit from those, that's also something that we see as a misconception. We really believe that you can get the best of both worlds. Um, and that and that very much involves you maintaining those, you know, applications that have been running for decades to handle your most important transactions across your environment. And Cynthia, it's, it's those transactions that led to your success with key resources, right? I don't know if you have any any examples or, or stories you can share where your involvement and partnership with organizations really helped them achieve great things in a secure way because you, you help them protect their mainframes? Well, um, we, have, we have quite a few clients who have, who have given us projects uh, around, you know, whether it be scanning, vulnerability scanning or pen testing, or, you know, even doing specific types of audits for them to make sure that they meet their compliance requirements. Uh, in today's world, um, compliance um, is, is really uh, the key word here from a security perspective. The, a lot of the new SOX uh, requirements, a lot of the new state governments are now requiring vulnerability scans on a bi-yearly basis. So a lot of organizations, whether it be government or financial or whatever, um, have really stepped up the plate and basically understand that there's certain things from a vulnerability management perspective that they actually need to do uh, to make sure that they're, they're managing uh, their environment the way that they need to manage it from a security perspective. Uh, one of the things that, that we do when we go into an organization and they ask us, okay, so what is vulnerability management all about? And there's, there's pieces to it. And there's, there's uh, different layers of things that you need to do. And uh, along the way, as you, as you do it, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> rocket science <laughs> per se. Um, there are specific things that organizations need to do and they are cost effective. Um, a lot of people, when you say security, they, uh, they immediately think, oh, this is going to cost me a fortune. And, and in fact, it's not. It's just due diligence. 
And we do, we help organizations define what that due diligence really means and what they need to do. Yeah, and Phil, if you can maybe take it from here, because I, it's always interesting. I mean, when I'm talking on, on my show, uh, Redefining Cybersecurity, I, I always lead it to the business of security, the value of, of embracing and embedding or security by design um, and doing things in a way that, that reduces the exposure while enabling innovation and, and growth. And I suspect a lot of your interactions with customers and prospects led you to the reality that this is something that we need to do. But I want to hear your story of why, why was key resources a, a big part of your future? Yeah. So thanks, Sean. So, you know, we've, we've known um, about Cynthia and Ray and the key resources team for a while, and they have a fantastic reputation in the industry as being the, you know, the experts in this space. And while Rocket has had a couple of different um, offerings in the security space, it wasn't really kind of the depth where we had that depth and the focus that we have in other parts of our portfolio, like workload workload automation and mon systems monitoring and management, content management, a lot of different other parts of the IT stack. Um, so it was something that we knew that was important to our clients. Um, and it was also an area where you know, we do a lot of work around modernization of mainframes. And, and that can mean a bunch of different things to a bunch of different audiences. But one of the things is important is that you do a lot of the work around security and you, you shift it left. You have it happen much earlier in the development cycles. Uh -huh. Being able to do those scans and to be able to look for problems, find those problems as soon as the code is written or earlier in the process by, by having it be hooked into... What we're doing increasingly with clients is building modern DevSecOps models and using agile technologies. We support a lot of open source um, offerings that all run on the mainframe. And being able to incorporate security early on into those processes allows teams to really be able to get those checks in a lot earlier, find problems faster. You know, one of the things we love about um, the Zsure product that uh, Cynthia and Ray have built is that it doesn't have a lot of false positives. And that keeps the workload down on the developers so they can really focus on the critical issues. So it's really about finding those issues early in the process. They cost you a lot less money from a business standpoint if you find them early um, and being able to address the ones that really matter. And so by having a better focus and, and not a lot of false positives, that's something that allows you to really focus on the critical issues. Um, and that's really what helps our clients. I, I'm sure you and your listeners know that a lot of the industries that we serve with the mainframe are highly regulated. And because they're highly regulated, um, the, the regulators, they are hypercritical, as Cynthia mentioned in the compliance space, of any abnormalities, any vulnerabilities that escape. And that can be incredibly expensive for banks, other financial institutions, other regulated customers that you know have those issues escape into the wild. So getting them found early in the process is, is something that's tremendously important to their businesses. One of the things about the mainframe is um, a vulnerability, whether it's in the operating system layer or in a third party vendor software, if that software is running on, can be running on any number of mainframes worldwide, 
therefore that vulnerability is running on all of those systems worldwide. It's not like in a distributed environment so much, but, um, and the criticality of some of those vulnerabilities are such that um, we, we look, we look to them as being something that, you know, could cause a, um, an organization to basically come to their knees, basically, where they would, they would lose, they would lose their security, they would lose the access to the data, they might, um, a hacker could actually bring a, bring a whole enterprise down um, from one of these vulnerabilities. So they, it is critical that um, organizations understand and take this very, very seriously, that uh, mainframe operating system integrity vulnerabilities are something that, that the, the, the organizations, whether it be vendors or organizations, uh, really take seriously and, and put together the right kinds of processes and procedures around doing that level of vulnerability scanning. And it's getting better. I, I can honestly say that many organizations went through the, oh my goodness, I found a vulnerability. I have no idea what to do. You know, they don't have the processes and procedures. Who do I send this to? Who gets to see it? Um, um, how, how long is it actually going to take to actually fix it? One of the things that's critical to modernizing mainframe security is patch management. Um, you have a vulnerability on one system, but you have 100 LPARs that you're going to have to patch an IPL, and you've got 100 financial LPARs that don't ever come down, and but they're going to have to come down. What does that mean to an organization? Um, and there's a lot of a lot of discussion around what does that really mean in terms of vulnerability management on the mainframe and, and how do we modernize that process and allow patches to be put on without you having to bring your systems down so that they can be patched quickly. Um, so. I love that, Cynthia. And, and it, it just reminds me that, uh, that an infrastructure is comprised of many parts, right? It's not just uh, Windows machines, a few Macs floating around, some Linux, some Kubernetes and containers and things like that. Uh, there are mainframes in there as well, and they can't be separate. <laughs> you, can't, you can't treat them separately if you're looking to really grow the business wholesale and, and uh, ensure the risk level is, is uh, minimized and, and the protection level is raised. So, Phil, kind of the, the bigger picture from you uh, in terms of how teams fold the mainframe in with your support to the bigger picture. And, and we're looking at the, the team itself and, and how they communicate and how they run the operations and, and the tools and leverage partners like you to kind of pull it all together. I, I think, um, I th I think, first of all, the desire to do that is really important. And that's a really part that's, of that's the modernization, modernization story is you can get so much benefit from not having your mainframe teams 
be a silo or on some form of an island. And, it, and really, that integration happens up and down the stack. We talked a little bit about the DevOps processes, so that, so that you've got all your distributed or your cloud-native teams that might be working on mobile front ends and the like. They're, they're running agile teams and in, in, in modern agile approaches. They can't hit a, a, you know, hit a roadblock when they need to have changes that are made into the mainframe. And that's why you really got to have, you know, modern DevOps processes and DevSecOps processes to really keep running for the whole system for those application level changes. As you look further across the stack, think about something like monitoring, you know, Today's applications span from mobile to phones, web apps, other applications, but a lot of times they call back to the mainframe to really execute the final transaction. And you need to be able to surface what's happening on the mainframe in the context of the overall application monitoring scheme. So using the likes of Instana or New Relic or Dynatrace, those others, one of the things that we do is we pipe some of the mainframe data in so that you get visibility to the whole system. Um, as you look across content management, we have increasingly teams that have output management, content management from the mainframe that need to store some of that content in other places. They need to store it in distributed environments. They need to store it on public clouds. Storage is another example. We have got a bunch of clients that are interested in taking their secondary storage and instead of putting it on expensive tape or virtual tape libraries, instead pumping it out to those cloud object storage that can cost less than, less than a cent or less than a tenth of a cent in certain cases with the deep cold archive to run on a public cloud. That can also, from a security standpoint, give you some additional archive protection, air-gapped archive protection, likely using worm storage against ransomware and the likes as well. So really, if you look up and down the stack from the monitoring, from the systems management, workload automation is another environment where if you need to orchestrate changes, you need to run different types of workloads, being able to take that kind of full system, full IT environment um, and, and run that in an integrated way, that's something that's really important. All goes back to modernizing your mainframe environment from the way you develop, from the way you monitor it, from the way you store stuff, from the way you um, execute workloads to be able to have that in an integrated fashion with the balance of your, your IT systems. Go ahead, Cynthia. I was just gonna say um, to follow on to that, one of the things that, that we, um, we've been talking about for quite a while in Radius on his soapbox about this is security architects. A lot of organizations um, don't really understand the need to have a security architect who's responsible for, for the, whole, the, the, the whole piece of the pie, uh, not just the mainframe, but, but uh, all of the pieces that are there that can take a look at it and say, okay, here's our weak points or um, here's what we should be doing in, in this arena or um, have we thought about, you know, what, how we're going to, how, how we're going to actually provide access to that per particular piece of data. You know, the basic author authorization and authentication of, of, of all of, all of those pieces across, across the enterprise. And you will find that even some of the largest organizations don't have security architects that, that actually have responsibility for looking at all those pieces and, and, 
and making sure that that as as an organization moves moves along the digital path path that they're uh, they're taking all of those pieces into account. I want to stick with you. Oh yeah, please let me, go ahead. Let me add on that a little bit as well. Um, I mean, we think that like there's a there's an increasing amount of usage of of hybrid cloud, and hybrid cloud is interesting because you can get a lot of productivity from putting the right workloads in the right places. The cloud does have a lot of benefits with some as a service offerings, some elasticity that can be had on analytics and other use cases. But at the same time, a lot of times the security models are very different. So you have different identity and access management um, paradigms and schemes that are built out for public cloud environments, very different from the world of of RACF and other types of uh, security and access control in the mainframe. Increasingly, the ability to understand what's happening in both places and provide more visibility uh, to both sides of what is happening on, on in the other environment is something that we increasingly get questions from clients around, being able to consult and provide some of that subject matter expertise across particularly where our strengths are in the mainframe environment and to be able to integrate that with a broader hybrid cloud story is something that we see as a very important, uh, very strategically important space that we expect will drive a lot of activity from our clients in, in the not too distant future. Yeah, I love that. And you're, you're starting to answer what I was going to ask as well. Kind of this idea that it's not just about the tech network, not not just about what the mainframe can do and how we need to secure it. And both of you already spoke to some of the use cases, right? What's the business trying to solve and how does that fit into the bigger operations? And so my question is, how how do you see it or how, how do the conversations sound uh, when when they're looking for you to help them raise the security posture of their environment because i'm thinking you need the depth that that cynthia and key resources team bring right you need to understand the inner, inner workings of the mainframe and and the the operating system and the interfaces and the applications and the database capabilities and network and all that stuff but then you also need the business operations and even the business needs uh, there as well. So you can define the stories, right? The use cases that, that then determine the policies. So that then determine the control. So how do you, how do you have those conversations where you're ensuring that the real business value comes to fruition while not losing the, the technical depth of the security, but then also the reverse, not, not necessarily starting with security, but having in mind to a point where you, in many cases, security is a department of no, right? Where it says, no, you can't do that because you're putting your the company at risk. So what do those conversations sound like? Uh, they're painful. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it, used, it used to be security or performance. And now it's security or, um, or what, what was... Um, I had one client who say, okay, so if I secure this, then basically none of my clients are going to get access to what they want. And it's like, no, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> you know, so you have, a, you have a lot of interesting conversations. Um, but, you know, 
I usually leave it to the risk and compliance officers in the organization to basically say, well, you know, you can do this, but you're going to have to do this, 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 and this in order for, you know, to you to be able to do that. We, we do try really hard to uh, give them a sense of, of, of assurance that um, what they want to do can be done and it can be done cost effectively. I think that's, that's the real key right now is, is a lot of organizations feel like that, you know, in order to secure something, it's, it's going to cost me, you know, a fortune and, and how can I do it without, you know, breaking the bank, that type of thing. So, but um, there's a lot of automated ways to do things that people, you know, people need to, to be realistic. Um, and, and there's so many tools out there and, um, um, the, um, the zero trust, um, uh, framework, um, it, it really, if people really take it seriously, um, it really truly is a way to secure things and, and use the automated tools that are out there, um, to be able to to build the right the right level of security for each organization, um, it, it's an uphill battle to, to have a lot of organizations really take a look at zero trust. But uh, because there's a lot of things you have to do on the mainframe, there's a lot of cleanup organizations have to do before they can actually start to implement a true zero trust framework. Um, excessive access is probably the, the one piece that, uh, you know, we've gone into organizations where they've got 300,000 uh, excessive access issues that they have to deal with before they can actually do anything from a zero trust perspective. Uh, that's probably the biggest issue I see out there from a security perspective is organizations have really downsized the security administration on a lot of, or on the mainframe. And it's, and it's left a lot of, security databases, I don't want to say wide open, I don't want to you know, cause alarm, but um, left them in a position where, where cleanup can, can take them a year uh, to, get a, to get a database or to get their security set, you know, cleaned up enough that they can actually start to modernize their security. I, I think those examples and the experience that Cynthia and Ray and the KRI team have that's really at the heart of kind of why we really were so interested in having um, her team join Rocket because those those are scars you don't just get you you have to acquire those scars over many years and it can be incredible value for our clients. Another thing that we're super excited about is is leveraging their capability to to make security just a part of everything we do and have it be more transparent so that uh -huh. it's not it, it's not a big ask. It's not this awful trade-off of do they ever get access or do you keep it secure? Or uh, can you ship in a year versus you know ship in an agile every few weeks kind of motion? Being uh -huh. able to have security and have all of those access capabilities those agility capabilities, and then ultimately mapping even off to, you know, public clouds and elsewhere. That's something we're, you know, we're very grateful for. So Phil, maybe you can start and then Cynthia probably can jump in as well. But she, she mentioned, and I'll say kind of sta starting from a good 
place. She's number 300 something. <laughs> you can't, you can't, uh, can't get going from a good place if you have those 300 access uh, exceptions in place. So, and the visibility they mentioned is, is important part of that, but I'm wondering how, how do you help organizations transform? And maybe there's a couple stories in here, use cases or customer stories you can share where is it really taking an existing infrastructure and quote unquote, modernizing it, uh, updating it to run advanced apps uh, with DevOps, DevSecOps in place, or are they migrations from older systems to new systems? Is it moving to hybrid cloud where it's a combination of things? Give me some examples. Yeah, no, I'm going to leave Cynthia to some some of the use cases in the security space in particular, but I, I, I do think it's important to comment on migrations because so many of the clients that we talk to are being asked to do these migrations, take their COBOL code and recompile it in Java or start to run COBOL on an emulator on somebody else's silicon. And those those modernization or migration efforts are rarely, rarely successful because our customer environments are so much more complicated than a simple COBOL program. There's exits and rec scripts and JCL and all kinds of things that are in there, which make those kind of moves extraordinarily risky and, and dangerous for clients. But, but the other side of it is you also have a couple of decades or more of security processes and procedures that are compensating for problems that may have been addressed before. So having all of those, that regulatory framework that's been proven and tested by regulators and MRAs and the like, having that as your basis really makes the starting point for security on the mainframe, and not to mention the security piece, but that's so much higher than any other platform and trying to recreate that in a new language on somebody else's environment, somebody else's set of servers. That's just a massive, massive undertaking that really isn't worth, isn't worth the effort. And so that's something that is a conversation that a lot of, you know, our more experienced clients that have seen all of these moves tried before and kind of seen how they turned out are less skeptical of doing. But sometimes you will encounter people that, you know, think everything is, is a lot simpler. And they're, what they're missing a lot of times is all that's gone into getting the mainframe even to where it is today, much less where we can take it forward. Yeah, and Cynthia, I don't know if you can share a few examples because it, it, that's exactly what I wanted to hear, Phil, is kind of the, you have, again, it's not just that device right, that you plug in that does some things. It's the full picture of the business that you've orchestrated and automated and, and, and plugged holes and, and you have exceptions and you're reporting and auditing against those exceptions. The, it paints a big picture. So Cynthia, any, any examples that you've experienced that uh, maybe kind of highlight some of this? Um, we were asked to come into an organization that was, was, was looking to, um, downsize um, and um, move off a series of mainframes uh, to a Linux platform. And they wanted us to come in and they were doing their cost justifications at the time. Um, and just take a look at what 
they had done specifically on the mainframe from a security perspective and how the the actual businesses were were secured the data was secured that type of thing and then give them an idea of what it was going to take to take that model and port it down to the linux platform um needless to say when we said you can't <laughs> um and, and not because of a level of effort, but just simply because the Linux platform does not have the ability to secure things in the manner that you are looking to secure. Security is basically authentication and authorization. You're authenticating someone to have access to be authorized to act, have access to something. So it, it's really pretty simple when you break it down that way. And so when you say, okay, this is how you did it on the mainframe, you aren't going to be able to do it on the Linux platform because one, it doesn't have the, the level of security, a package or, you know, a, an enterprise security manager specifically that provides that level, level of granularity that you're looking for, especially when you got it down to say volume level security or surrogate level security or some of the more esoteric things that you can do on the mainframe to track um, how someone actually gets access to something. Um, at, at a detail level where it's 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 at a specific uh, data set um, per se. Um, you can't do that um, on, on distributed. You can't do that in Microsoft. Um, and so, you know, a, that particular organization, they backed off actually. They said, if we can't, if we can't secure um, these systems, so that we feel comfortable that our data is secure, then no, it doesn't make sense to go down this route. And let's let's take a look at the actual integration process where we keep the mainframe and we give people access on those distributed hybrid clouds that, but, but we know that the data itself um, is, is secure and, and, and we, and we can go to, we can go, to um, our regulators and say that we're comfortable that that we we've done what we need to do. And Phil, I want to touch on kind of the, the value of security. So clearly, you and and the, the company Rocket Software put put uh, money where their mouth is, right? We we believe wholeheartedly security has a value to the business for yours certainly. Um, how about some of the customers? Because it I mean, t the typical driver for security, I'm sure it's, we've talked a little bit about it here today, it's the same in the mainframe, compliance, right? I'm, I'm regulated, I have to prove I'm compliant, I have my policies and controls in place, let me let me show you. Um, beyond that, though, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, kind of what I alluded to earlier, if, if you can do things differently, you can actually create innovation, enable innovation, and do it securely, in, while reducing exposure and risk in the process. So that might mean, we talked about patching mainframe, but if you have a, a, a machine created by a software company <laughs> or a system created by a software company, and these patching every Thursday, right? Multiple patches that might take a system down all the time, that may not be the most efficient 
<laughs> method to use or system to use if you have a high availability system you need to keep up, keep up and running. So are there, are there ways that you've seen that companies get value out of moving to a secure mainframe perhaps over other systems that may not have the scalability and the control and, and some of the other things that the mainframe brings? Well, I mean, clearly the value is, is demonstrated in many ways by its continuity um, in the marketplace and continued expansion. I mean, the, the amount of MIPS that people are still using continues to grow every year. And that's because the volume of transactions is growing because it's a platform that is able to sustain that. Um, we believe wholeheartedly in this space and the value that we create that our clients create ultimately for their customers is born by successful transactions. It's born by high availability and scalability, which can be interrupted from security events as well as other reliability or other types of events. Um, and, you know, trying to recreate that, you made the point earlier on public clouds and other environments where, you know, so you have to repeat and have so much redundancy and so many compensating controls coming from so many places. There's the lack of all of that built into parallel sysplexes and environments that the mainframe has been working on for decades. And therefore it becomes incredibly expensive to get to achieve those kinds of transactional capabilities at this level of security. And so any kind of ROI you look at you're really able to see how these platforms continue to thrive, thrive and, and compete. Just looking at how most of our clients sailed through the pandemic, where in many cases they had increased transactional um, usage uh -huh. because more people were at home, they were using their mobile devices and other things. That really shows kind of the value of the, the ability of the, of the platform to scale and to scale with that reliability and security. So there's, there's a lot of ROI in there for our clients. And Cynthia, where, where do you think it's headed next? Maybe we'll, we'll stick security with you and then fill the same question to you, kind of bigger picture, uh, full on, full on rocket. <laughs> so Cynthia, where, where, where's security in the mainframe headed? Oh my. Um, um, you know, I, there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that can be done. And, um, a lot of it falls within this zero trust, um, framework where, uh, an individual, uh, or a, uh, um, an, in, an instance is, is tagged. Um, and followed through for the the life of the the particular transaction, um, and um, it, it's no longer based upon a specific uh, security package per se, but it's it's actually based upon um, uh, more of an AI model, where. Um, and it and it and it basically grows um, and learns, um, and it has patterns for what people do, and and it can it can find patterns and, and basically know almost instantaneously that this this is this is not 
right. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Um, that there's a, there's, there's a normal and there's an abnormal. And if it's abnormal, it goes this route. And if it's normal, it just passes through just from a learning perspective. Um, and we, we get it out of the, uh, it no longer requires a number of uh, specific individuals to administer security per se, because uh, if you look at if you look at it now, um, it's it's gotten it's it's really, you know, when you have one individual who's responsible for the security for, you know, five hundred thousand people, it it just it doesn't it it just doesn't work anymore. And um, so it has to evolve and it has to become more of an automated process. And, and I think AI has a, has a real place in that. Uh, to expand more broadly, I think Cynthia nailed it. That's what, something that we're seeing really across the full stack of our portfolio offerings is where clients really appreciate when we're able to, to you know, put AI into them or other types of approaches that help them anticipate and solve problems so that they need fewer resources, fewer skilled resources to be able to maintain and administer their environments. I think that's true um, really across the board, not just with the mainframe. So continuing to add in more of that dynamic ability to sense um, and respond automatically um, in, in identifying threats, obviously, but also threats to availability and performance and other characteristics as well. That's really where a lot of our development effort and development energy is going into the market today because we see so much potential there to further help our clients. I love it. And, and I want to give you a chance, Phil, to kind of, can you maybe close with the, the big picture for us? Because your team does a lot, right? Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned data, you mentioned infrastructure, modernization, uh, storage. I, I don't even know all the stuff you do. Maybe can you, can you give us a short elevator pitch for everything that Rocket can do? Now we know it's rooted in mainframes and, and secure from, from the beginning at, in design. Uh, give us the big picture. Yeah, yeah. At its heart, you know, Rocket's focused on helping our clients solve their most complex IT challenges. Um, our history is rooted in the mainframe. Um, we've got extensive experience beyond that as well. We really work uh, across the stack, helping clients to modernize their environments from content management and storage to workload automation to monitoring to all real aspects of, of systems management. Increasingly, uh, we've worked with clients on virtualizing data to be able to have data be exposed um, from one place to another, for example, have their mainframe data to be able to access from other places securely and safely. Uh, that, that's really what we're about. We believe wholeheartedly in modernizing the mainframe without taking excessive risks and doing migrations that are extremely disruptive. Um, those types of steps have proven to be extraordinarily beneficial for our clients that embark upon them. And it's something that, you know, we're really thrilled to be a part of this uh, ecosystem and environment and can't wait to work with even more clients going forward. Nice. Well, start, start from a good place, uh, secure by design and uh, a journey for uh, security maturity in all that you do, uh, mainframe and beyond. So, um, 
I'm thrilled for both of you. Uh, I love I love the stories that you shared and and the vision you have, uh, and and of course, security by design. Uh, the value of security uh, as a driver for business is always music to my ears as well. Congratulations, Cynthia, on a successful journey uh, for key resources, and congratulations, Phil, on uh, on having new team members uh, join to to help you and your customers succeed in, in all that they do with their digital transformations. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening to this episode. We'll have links to uh, Cynthia and Phil's profile. You can connect with them online. We'll have links to resources and, uh, and materials that they, they believe will help you achieve security and maturity on the mainframe. And, uh, of course, stay tuned for more stories here on ITSP Magazine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for listening. Insights, solutions, and networking all come together at RSA Conference. Join a global cybersecurity community at rsaconference.com forward slash ITSP MAG24.